love and appreciate him and his family. Only come and just obey the Lord here this morning. Let's give him a good Bendale welcome. This pulpit again today. Appreciate you, Would you give the Lord a good hand clap of praise all across the house today? I wonder, could you lift your voice like a trumpet? Come on, anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, won't you give him some praise? Give him some glory. Come on, he deserves the fruit of your lips. God, I thank you for your goodness. God, I thank you for your loving kindness toward me and my family. Come on, how many knows he's a good God in this house today? How many knows he's a good God in this place today? God, I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. How many's glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. No place I'd rather be than to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I come expecting, come believing for great things in the house of the Lord. Amen. There is nobody like Jesus. Amen. There's no Savior like Jesus. Amen. No healer like Jesus. No deliverer, deliverer like Jesus. Amen. There is none beside him. Amen. He is the only Savior. Amen. So whatever you have need of in your life today, God is able. I said, God is able. Amen. If you have your Bibles, Genesis chapter number 32, beginning with verse 22, we want to say give honor to Pastor Moore, Sister Moore. Amen. I appreciate this opportunity to come and minister. Don't take it lightly. Amen. But I'm believing the Lord for great things in the house of the Lord. Amen. Give honor to my wife and family. Amen. She's not able to be here this morning. Amen. But we're so thankful for the blessing and the promises of God in our life. Amen. So thankful for our baby boy. Amen. That God knows what he's doing. And uh, I may have said this one of the last times that I was here, uh, but Pastor Moore, I believe he knew it was going to be a boy the whole time. Amen. And so when we found out, you know, for sure, I called him and told him, you know, I was excited. And he didn't really get excited. He just acted like he already knew. Amen. And so I just wanted to let him know, you know, he could, he could breathe a little easier now as a boy. Amen. He wasn't even worried about it. Praise God. Amen. When, when God's in it, it doesn't matter what the adversary says, what the adversary thinks. Amen. God it will keep his word. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're so thankful for that. Amen. Genesis chapter number 32, verse 22. It says, and he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his eleven sons and passed over the four Jabbok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and set them and sent them over that he had. And Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint. As he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaker. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Amen. This is a struggle that has taken place in the night. And the man that wrestles with Jacob says, let me go because the day breaketh. Something new, something a new day was dawning. A new day was breaking forth. And he said, it's time for you to let me go. But Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go except thou bless me. 
And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of that place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Penuel, the sun rose upon him. Somebody say the sun rose. And he halted upon his thigh. In the midst of the struggle, in the midst of everything that was going on in Jacob's life, he got to the place where nothing else mattered, but I've got to have a touch from God. And he had a moment in his life where he said, I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And I believe with all my heart here in the house of the Lord this morning that it's God's will for you to have an experience like that in your life. Amen. Where you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I have touched God, and my life will never be the same again. I wonder, would you lay your Bibles down? Would you stretch your hands up toward heaven all across the house of the Lord? God, I come before you right now. God, I pray that you would touch every heart, that you would touch every mind. God, that you would touch every man, woman, boy, and girl that's assembled in this house today. God, let your anointing move and work and destroy every yoke of bondage. God, uh, Lord, I admit my dependence upon you. Lord, use me as a tool, as an instrument in the palm of your hand, God. Uh, Lord, that your will be done, that your will be performed here in the house of the Lord today, God. Uh, Lord, we know that it is your anointing that does the work, God. Uh, Lord, it's not by my works, it's not by my abilities, but God, it's by your anointing, God. Uh, Lord, cause someone out of darkness into your marvelous light, God. Uh, open up the prison doors in someone's heart and someone's mind, God. Uh, Lord, and liberate in the house of the Lord today, God. Uh, there is no Savior like you. There is none beside you, God. Uh, Lord, and I pray that you'd move and work in this house this morning. Uh, and if any good thing would happen in the house of the Lord today, uh, let it be said it was because of your anointing. I wonder, would you clap your hands one more time? Hallelujah. But somebody shout unto God with a voice of triumph. God, I give you glory. God, I give you praise. God, there's nobody like you, Jesus. Oh, would you let a praise erupt from your spirit right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you submit yourself to God? God, here I am. God, do a work in my life. God, I need you, Jesus. Come on, that's it. Would you call on the name of Jesus? There is no other name but the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Turn to somebody as you're being seated and tell them with the sunrise comes a new day. Amen. Tell them with the sunrise comes a new day. Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Jacob uh, is living in a dark time in his life. The future for his life seems uncertain. Although he has heard from the Lord, although he's begun to make his way where God has commanded him to go, it looks like everything could come to an abrupt end. Looking through his natural eyes, it does not look good. The situation, the pressure that amounts around him does not feel good. It does not look as though he will make it all the way to where God has called him to go. Esau is coming. Esau is filled with bitterness and hatred. 
And he's making his way with 400 men. And, and no doubt in Jacob's mind, he is thinking back to his past uh, and thinking about the struggle that he's been in all these years uh, and all of his life, day after day, the fight, the struggle, uh, over and over and over again. Uh, even before Jacob even came out of the womb, there was a struggle that had already began to take place uh, in his life. Uh, Rebecca got to the place where she wondered, God, if it's your promise for me to have a son, why is there this turmoil on the inside of me? And then God speaks to her and God lets her know there is a struggle, there's a war that's going on within you. There are two nations within your womb and they're fighting and they're struggling one against another. But God let her know that the younger shall be the one with the might and the one with the power. The one that prevails is going to be that second son that is born. And as he saw when Jacob come forth even out of the womb, Jacob reaches out his hand and grabs a hold of Esau's heel because of the struggle and the fight and the war that was already taking place. Can I tell you what was happening? It was not just two men that were at war with one another, but there was a promise that was at stake. There was a promise that was being fought over. There was a birthright that was being fought over. And can I tell you, there are some things in this life that are worth fighting for. There's some things that are worth getting down on your knees and praying until you pray through and praying until you break through. Hey, your soul and your salvation is not should not be way down on your list of priorities, but your soul's salvation should be way up at the top of the list saying, God, whatever I gotta do, I must be saved. Amen. There was a promise that was at stake. A promise that God had given to Abraham. A promise that God had given to Isaac. And now, is it going to be Esau or is it going to be Jacob that receives that same promise to carry on the fulfillment of the plan of God? And so the struggle continues. It's not just a little bit, but I no doubt every day there's tension and every day uh, there's a wondering, hey, we were twins, but uh, yet Esau is just a little bit older. Uh, and no doubt the conflict continues throughout their lives. Uh, and Isaac loves Esau and Rebecca loves Jacob. Uh, but Rebecca has the word of God uh, uh, that was spoken to her and she knows, uh, hey, Jacob is going to prevail. Uh, no matter if he looks outnumbered, no matter uh, if he looks like he might be weaker of the two, no matter what it looks like, Jacob is going to prevail, and Jacob is going to be triumphant. And I tell you, there was something special about Jacob, even though he was clouded with deceit and the different ways that he operated. There was something within him that said, I want the birthright, I want the promise. And yet, there was something within Esau that said, I could really care less about all of that. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm sure I'm going to inherit it one day but uh, it really doesn't matter that much it doesn't really get me that excited uh, but within Jacob there was something uh, that said I must have the blessings of God uh, upon my life uh, I must have the favor of God upon me uh, and can I tell you you need to have a desire born on the inside of you uh, that says no matter what anybody else thinks about me uh, I must have the, the favor uh, of God uh, I must have the promise of God uh, 
in my life. I must have the hand of God on me. And there we find that Esau goes out to hunt. When he comes back, he's empty-handed. And he finds his brother Jacob. He's got some lentils. He's cooking. He's prepared a meal. And there Esau was so hungry. He says, let me have to eat. And Jacob, you know, most brothers kind of watch out for one another. But there was a struggle that was happening. There was a struggle that was taking place that said, no matter what i got to do, I've got to acquire that birthright. And Jacob said, you know what? If you'll sell me your birthright, I'll give you to eat. And Esau said, what does it matter if I have the birthright but I die of hunger? Can I tell you here in the house of the Lord this morning, do not let your situation, do not let your struggles devalue the promise of God in your life. Do not let the valley that you walk through take away from the awesomeness of the gift of God. Don't let the trial that you find yourself in devalue the work that God is doing in your life. Satan would love to whisper to you and say, what good is the promise of God if you're always struggling? What good is the gift of God if you always find yourself in the heat of battle? Can I tell you the promise of God will never fail you? It will never let you down. And no matter what it looks like around you, the promise of God will stand sure. The promise of God will stand forever. I've come to encourage somebody in the house this morning. Hey, don't give up no matter where you're walking. Don't give up no matter what you're going through. Hey, there's somebody that has a hunger. There's somebody that has a desire to have the favor of God upon their life. Don't throw in the towel, but keep pressing forward what good will it do me if I draw my last breath oh he takes the promise of God the birthright lightly and he sells it for just one meal it wasn't a lifetime supply it was just one little meal just some bread and some lentils just a temporary fix. Just a temporary strengthening. Just a temporary, a small moment in his life that would soon be gone. Can I tell you, this world will offer you a lot of things in exchange for the promise. This world will offer you a lot of things in exchange for what God is wanting to do in your life. And it might feel good briefly. It might feel good for a moment. But those same hunger pains are going to come back again. And you'll find yourself more messed up than you ever dreamed that you would be. Hey, why not just make up your mind and say as for me, my place is in the promise of God. I'm not for sale. It's not for sale. It's more valuable to me than anything else in this world. I'm hanging on. Matthew 16 and 26 says, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What do we place the most value on? What do you value more than anything else in your life? 
Is your salvation at the top of the list? Is making heaven your home at the top of your list? Is seeing your family saved at the top of your list? Are there some other things that you're willing to trade that for? Is there some other things? Because the devil, he's going to come around trying to bargain with you. He's going to come around trying to exchange some goods with you. And say, I'll give you this in exchange for your soul. God help me, Jesus. I'll give you this in exchange for your prayer life. I'll give you this in exchange for your dedication. In exchange for your sacrifice to God. Hallelujah. He's trying to make a bargain with you. As a matter of fact, he, he would like to make a bargain with the entire congregation. And say, hey, worship isn't as important as it used to be. Why don't we just exchange that worship for a little bit of ease and relaxation? Can I tell you there ought to be something that rises up in you that says, I'm not giving nothing in exchange for my experience. I'm not giving up nothing. God has been good to me. I will not bargain with the devil. I will not trade with the devil. My mind's made up. I'm in love with the promise. I'm in love with the gift of God. Oh, the devil, he'll try to sell it to you. He'll try to make it look good. But in the end, it does not profit. In the end, it leaves you empty. In the end, it leaves you messed up and undone. Oh, what will a man give in exchange? Can I tell you, salvation is a promise of God. The gift of eternal life is a promise from God. But it's got to be at the top of your priority list. It's got to be at the top of your utmost desire. It says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Because if you put it way down on your list somewhere, finances might come before it. And your career may end up coming before it. And all these different things, you might, uh, maybe not intentionally, but uh, by your actions, you'll, you'll end up selling out what should be most important to your life. You'll end up putting it on the back burner. And before you know it, you're headed in a direction that's not been ordained by God in your life. I've come to shake somebody in the house of the Lord this morning. What will a man give in exchange? What are you willing to trade it all for? God, help us to shake ourselves and realize above all else, I must be saved. I must fall in love with the Word of God. I must fall in love with the promises of God. I must let Him lead me and guide me into all truth. Hallelujah. Romans 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The decision is mine. The decision is yours. Do you value salvation more than fulfilling fleshly desires? Do you value salvation more than sin? Because both have a payday. The wages of sin is death. You see, you work when you're in sin. You toil when you're in sin. You get on that little hamster wheel of life and you go in circles, never getting anywhere. 
working for someone else, working for the adversary, and all you find yourself with is weak and exhausted and wore out. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Oh, when you wake up and realize, hey, I don't have to work for the adversary anymore. I don't have to work to fulfill the lust of my flesh anymore. But there's a free gift waiting on me that says if I repent of my sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, hey, I can obtain that promise. I can obtain that gift. Can I tell you, it's a struggle. It's a fight every day of your life. It says it's either heaven or it's hell. There is no option number three. There is no in-between. At the end of the day, I'm either saved or I'm lost. At the end of the day, it's either heaven or it's hell. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? Oh, is a good time worth it, Esau? Feeling that temporary relief, is that worth it? Was it worth the price to pay? Every one of us, every one of us has a decision to make. And can I tell you, I wish that we just made that decision one time. But we got to make that decision every day of our lives that said, I must be saved. When you get up in the morning, you got to make up your mind. You got to fix your heart and say, God, I'm going to serve you with all my heart today. And you let the adversary know there's no backup in me, there's no plan B in me, but I'm going forward in the name of Jesus. My mind's made up. I'm in love with the promise, I'm in love with the gift of the Holy Ghost, and I wouldn't trade it for a million dollars. I wouldn't trade it for a temporary fix. I wouldn't trade it for the moment pleasures of sin I'm going to go all the way I'm going to live in the promise I'm going to walk in the promise and I'm going to let God move in my life hallelujah what do you value what do I value more than salvation what's more important had a conversation with one of my brothers. It's always, I'm not quite ready yet. I, when I get ready, when I get there, oh, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I'm going to do it with all my heart and use it as a crutch. It says, you know what, when I do do it, I'm going to do it all the way. Not realizing you're not prioritizing salvation. You're putting it off to another day. God, help us to realize the severity of the decisions that we make every day of our lives. Oh, every day that we live, we've got to make up our minds. I'm either saved or I'm lost. Hallelujah. It's either heaven or it's hell. God, help us. I'm preaching to saints of God. that You know what it's like to walk in victory. You know what it's like to walk in the promise. But yet sometimes the adversary can make it look so good to maybe just lay it all down. Maybe exchange it. You might have the chance to come back and pick it up later. But what if you don't? God help us. 
I said, God, help us to value the promise so much that it says it's not for sale. Help us. Hey, when you receive the Holy Ghost, you become heirs and join heirs with Jesus Christ. It's an inheritance that you take on. It was not your own. You might not have deserved it. You weren't good enough for it. But when you were born again in the water and of the Spirit, hey, God said, now you're a part of it. You can inherit eternal life. You can live forevermore. Oh, and God's looking for people with a spirit like Naboth had. It said, no matter how hard you try, Ahab, it's not for sale. You can offer me something bigger. You can offer me something better. But there's something special about what I have inherited. There's something special about this gift that I have. It was handed to me. It was given to me. And I value it. Nabal said it doesn't matter if you got something better. Doesn't matter if you got something more convenient for me. This is a gift. This was given to me. This was something that, that, that was entrusted to me. Amen. And I intend to keep it going. I, I intend to fall in love with it. You see, you got to fall in love with the things of God. Amen. When, when, when we get in trouble... And when we go astray is when we don't fall in love with, with the things of God. When you fall in love with church, when you fall in love with the things of God, hey, it's not hard to show up on Sunday morning. It's not hard to show up on Sunday night. It's not hard to show up to midweek. It's not hard to show up for prayer meetings when they're called because there's something within you that says, I'm in love with the house of God. I'm in love with the Word of God. And the Word of God commands me, hey, I've got to assemble myself together. I've got to come together. I've got to help provoke my brother. I've got to help encourage my sister and let them know we can make it together. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, just one little meal. Esau said, that's, that's, that's all it's worth to me. Because of right now how I'm feeling. Because of right now what I'm going through in this temporary. Hallelujah. Be careful of the decisions that you make when you're in the valley. And the pressure's hot. You know, when you find yourself under pressure, sometimes you make snap decisions. Amen. God help us. I said, God help us not to make the wrong decisions in the heat of the moment. That'll cost us. That'll make us look back and regret our decisions that we've made. But God, help us to pray. And God, help us to seek your face and to seek your will for our lives. To seek your promise and to say, God, this is where I belong. This is where I'm going to walk. This is where I'm going to have my victories. This is where I'm going to dwell. Because God's been too good to me. God called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. I don't deserve it. I didn't earn it. But God has given me a gift that goes beyond my wildest imaginations. I have inherited that gift and I will not let it go. Now, Jacob has the birthright, but he doesn't have the blessing. He doesn't have the favor of Esau or Isaac, rather, upon his life. And his mother, Rebecca, understands 
that for this birthright to mean anything, we've got to get Isaac's blessing. We've got to have the blessing of the Father upon it. And so, can I tell you, it's not just enough to say, I've got the birthright, but you've got to have the favor of the Father on your life. I said, you've got to have the favor of God on your life. And there's a lot of people that call themselves Christians. There's a lot of people that call themselves born again, but they don't have the favor of God upon their life. Oh, they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. God help us uh, to realize it takes more than just claiming it. Uh, it takes more than just saying it. Uh, hey, I gotta have God to be proud of me. Uh, I gotta have God to be pleased with me. Uh, I gotta have God to look down on me and say, "Hey, uh, that's my beloved. Uh, that's my servant. Uh, that's my son. That's my daughter, uh, in whom I am well pleased." Amen. So, God help us. And so. And so she realizes, I know what God's told me, and I know what needs to happen. And so, and so there they, they, they deceive Isaac, and they receive, and, and Jacob receives the blessing. And most of you probably know the story. For time's sake, we'll move along. But, but he finds himself with the blessing of the firstborn being spoken over him. And then the dilemma, the struggle continues. Just because you have obtained the birthright, just because you have obtained the blessing of God in your life does not mean the struggle ends. But yet the struggle continues. Because now you've got to keep. You've got to hold on. You've got to maintain the promise, the blessing of God. And so Jacob makes his way to a foreign land, to his family, to his uncle Laban. And there we find that he remains for 20 years. The first seven of those years he labors for his uncle, for his daughter, Rachel. But instead he is deceived. He's given Leah. And so for seven more years he labors for Rachel. And then for six years he labors for the cattle, for the substance that Laban agrees to, the wages that he agrees to. And during this time, Laban changes his wages ten different times. The struggle continues. The struggle persists. The struggle is still there. A man named Jacob that has fled for his life because Esau seeks to kill him. Esau seeks to destroy him. He finds himself, no matter where I go, the struggle is still here. No matter where I'm at, I'm still in a battle. Can I tell you, no matter how far you run, no matter how far you go, you're always going to find yourself in the struggle. You're always going to find yourself in the battle. That's why it's good to have the promise that no matter where I am, you can't harm me because there's a promise on my life. You might try to steal from me. You might try to deceive me. You might try to take from me. But the blessings of God are upon my life. No matter where I am. No matter where I'm walking. No matter what I'm doing. God's hand is on my life. And what God has promised, He will perform. And what God has spoken, He will bring to pass. Hallelujah. 
Ooh, would you stretch your hands up toward heaven all across the house of the Lord? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Ooh, and here finds himself every day. Every day, every day it's a fight. Every day it's a struggle. Amen. His wives are fighting. His wives are struggling. There's that turmoil, that constant struggle that's taking place, that constant warfare that's going on. And here, yet the blessings of God are upon his life. And even Laban has to admit, God has blessed Jacob. God has worked in his favor. God has moved for him. As a matter of fact, Laban knew that the only reason why he himself was blessed is because the blessing of God was upon Jacob's life. And he does not want to lose that. He does not want to let go of Jacob. And so in the turmoil and in the struggle, the word of the Lord comes to Jacob again. And here, God reminds him of some things. In Genesis chapter 31, verse 13, says, I am the God of Bethel, where thou anointest the pillar, and where thou vowedest a vow unto me, now arise, get thee out from this land, and return to the land of thy kindred. As Jacob fled from Esau, he found himself in a mysterious place, where he laid his head down upon a rock and slept, and he saw the angels ascending and descending. And God made him a promise that said, I'm going to be with you wherever you go, and I'm going to bring you back to this place. And he called that place Bethel, which meant the house of God. And he made a vow. You see, at this point, God was the God of Abraham. God was the God of Isaac. And Jacob said, Lord, if you'll bring me back here, you'll be my God. If you'll keep me and bring me back to this place, I'll belong to you. And he made a vow and said, I'll give a tenth of everything that I have. What he was saying is, I'll pay my tithes to you. I'll give you a tenth of all my substance. And Jacob made a vow unto God. And I feel impressed in my spirit this morning, even as I walked in here and came down to the front during worship and during prayer. I felt impressed in my spirit that God is wanting to call someone deeper in the house of the Lord today. God is wanting to remind someone of the vows that you've made. God is wanting to remind someone of the deal, if you let me say it like that, that you made with Him in the past. It said, God, if you'll keep me, God, if you'll deliver me. Anybody ever prayed a prayer like that? God, if you'll favor me, I'll do this or I'll do that. And I've come to remind somebody in the house of the Lord this morning, hey, don't forget the vows that you've made to God. Don't forget the commitment that you made to God. Let God call you back to that place. Let God bring you back to Bethel. Let God bring you back to that moment of consecration in your life. It says it all cost. God, I'm making a vow to you. Hallelujah. It's been 20 years. And God said, I want to remind you of some things. I want to bring you back to that day that it became real 
people in your life. I want to bring you back to that day when you said this is the house of God and surely if you'll bring me back I want to tell you if you made a vow to God it's God's will for you to return to it. It's God's will for you to fulfill it not half-heartedly but with all of your heart. There are some that walked away. And when you came back, you said, God, it does not matter what it is. God, I want to be pleasing to you. God, I'll do whatever you've called me to do. God, I'll do whatever you've asked me to do. Would you stretch your hands up toward heaven all across the house of the Lord? And God reminds him. And God brings him back to that place. It says, will you keep your word to me? I've blessed you. I've prospered you. And I've kept you all these years. Remember the vow that you made. Remember the dedication that you promised. Remember when when you felt so good in the presence of God that nothing else mattered but doing the will of God. Take us back to that place, God. Take us back to that place. Come on, is there anybody in the house of the Lord this morning that says, God, if there's anything that I've let slip, if there's anything that I've let go, God, I want you to bring me back to that place. I'm telling you, God hasn't punished you. God hasn't held you accountable for those things. But God right now is saying, I want to bring you back to those things. I want to bring you back to those commitments that you've made to me. I want to remind you of the words that you spoke over your life. I've come to encourage somebody this morning uh, it's God's will to draw you closer uh, than you've ever been before Uh, it's God's will uh, to bring you back to that place of anointing uh, where nothing else mattered uh, but the presence of God John chapter 6 verse 44 says no man can come to me except the father which sent me draw him And I will raise him up at the last day. The only way that you're ever going to get closer to God is by letting the Spirit draw you closer. Is by letting the Holy Ghost pull you into that place that says, I remember my commitment to God. I remember my words before God. I remember the prayers that I prayed. I remember the commitments that I made. And something within Jacob gets up. It's not just his own desire to go back, but there's a drawing in him. There's a pooling in him. There's a tugging in him. And God said, I'm bringing you back to Bethel. I'm bringing you back to your land. I'm bringing you back to that place. And in the house of the Lord this morning, oh, there's men and women that God would love to bring you back to Bethel. Bring you back to that place where you had an encounter with God that forever changed your life. Bring you back to that first moment of dedication. Bring you back to that first moment uh, where you had a heart in you uh, that said wherever you go I'll follow you Uh, wherever you call me I'll go Uh, I want to remind somebody uh, of the promises Uh, I want to remind somebody uh, of the vow that you made to God I know Pastor Moore's heard it probably a lot of you's probably heard it God how many of you heard on a hospital bed? 
Say, God, if you'll raise me up, I'll be in church. If you raise me up, I'll start paying my tithes. If you raise me up, I'll, I'll pray more like I've never prayed before. How many's ever heard anybody make a deal with God? How many's ever heard anybody say, you know what, God, if you'll fix this situation, God help me, Jesus. I can't tell you how many people I've seen when their life is falling apart, they'll come to God and they'll want God to fix it. They'll want God to mend it. They'll want God to do what it is that He does best and that is to restore and that is to redeem. And when God restores and when God redeems, they forget every promise they ever made God. I don't want to forget. I said, I don't want to forget the goodness of God in my life. I don't want to forget the hand of God that's worked in my life. Oh, God. I don't want to be another story that says when I was running for my life, I needed God. But now that I've got cattle, now that I got substance, now that I got a home, and now that I got a vehicle, now that I got all these good things going for me, I don't really need God like I needed Him before. God, call us back. God, call us back to Bethel. Call us back to the house of the Lord where the glory can reign in our lives again. And we can have a moment where we say, I've seen God face to face, and my life has been preserved. And so with that stirring, with that calling, Jacob begins to make his way back home. Begins to make his way back to the promise of God. Just stretch your hands up toward heaven one more time. They make their way to the music. And Jacob, I'm on my way back. I'm going back. But Esau says, you can't come back. And Esau says, I'm going to destroy you. And Esau says, you started out, but you're not going to finish. You come a little piece, but this is as far as you're going to come. And Jacob gets desperate with God. Jacob knows when I ran before, all I had to worry about was myself. But now I've got a promise with me. I got these 11 sons. I got my wives. This is what God promised. And I'm going to make your seed, your seed to be multiplied. Oh, here he is with the inheritance of the Lord, with the promise of the Lord. And the adversary threatens to destroy. And he gets desperate with God. And here, he makes his way to the brook Jabbok, which means an outpouring or a pouring out. And he finds himself there alone, sends everyone away. And there he begins to wrestle with what is called a man at first. Can I tell you what you're wrestling with? It's not a man. It's not flesh and bone that you wrestle with. But you're in a war, a spiritual warfare. You're in a warfare that goes deeper than just these, this flesh, than what you can see. You're, you're in a warfare that says, I've got to make up my mind. Tonight's the night, Jacob. 
You're wrestling. You're struggling. You're fighting. Hallelujah. There's two within that struggle. Jacob, the deceiver, the surplanter, and Israel were wrestling in the spirit. Prince that had power with God. But in order for Israel to be born, Jacob had to die. Jacob had to be wrestled into submission. In order for you to be everything that God's called you to be, you might have to endure the long dark night and wrestle in the Spirit until the Spirit prevails. What Jacob did was he grabbed a hold of that angel and to him it became more than just a man. It became more than just an angel. But to him he said it was like I was wrestling with God because I've seen God face to face. I've had an encounter with God and it touched the hollow of my thigh. My walk will never be the same again. <laughs> What's your name? Can I tell you, sometimes we got to confess who we are before God. Sometimes we got to confess, you know what? I'm Jacob. I've lived up to my namesake. I've deceived. I've lied. I've manipulated. God help me, Jesus. There's sometimes we're afraid to really tell God who we are and what we've done. But God already knows anyway. And there's power when you're honest with God and say, God, this is who I am. But this isn't who I want to be anymore. This is who I am. This is what I've done. But God, you can change me right here, right now. When I meet Esau tomorrow, I don't want to be the same Jacob that I was 20 years ago. I don't want to be the same man that I was. And when I'm faced judgment, I don't want to stand before my judgment as Clay Rouse. But I want to stand before judgment, born again with a new name that says you held on in the night. You held on in the struggle. And now I have no choice but to bless you. Now I have no other option but to tell you your name's no longer Jacob, but your name is Israel. For as a prince you have power with God. The night looked dark and hopeless. Oh, but the sun began to rise. The sun began to break forth. The sun... The sun began to show forth its little rays of light. Ooh. Can I tell you what it was? It was a new day. It was a new day that was coming. And I've come to tell somebody under the anointing of the Holy Ghost today in this house that you've struggled through the night, but there's a new day dawning. There's a new day coming. Oh, there's something special about this time of year. There's something special about ending the old year and beginning the new year. It gives us a motivation that says I can change. It's a brand new, a clean slate. And in the house of the Lord this morning, 
I didn't come to make this day special. But I come to tell you why your mind is thinking about new things and thinking about where you want to go and where you want to head. You ought to be thinking about something more, far more important than finances, something far more important than a career, something far more important than education, something far more important than all these trivial decisions that we got to make. And that is, where is my soul standing with God? What does my salvation look like? I don't want to be Jacob anymore. But I want to have power with God. I wonder would you lift your voice and begin to talk to him all across this house right now. Come on, lift your voice all across this sanctuary. With the sunrise comes a new day. With the sunrise comes a new life. It says when I, when I was on the other side of the river, when I was on the other side of the brook, they called me Jacob. But now when I make my way across today, with the new ray of sun coming down on my face, uh, there's something in me that's different. Uh, as I walk with a limp now, uh, because I've been touched by the hand of God, uh, I'm never be the same. Verse 31 of 32, chapter 32 of Genesis says, And as he passed over, Penuel, the sun rose upon him. And he halted upon his thigh. The sun, the light exposed. There's been a change in me. And I wonder, would you let the sunlight expose? Hey, there's been a change in me. You're wrestling in the darkness right now. You're wrestling in the uncertainties of tomorrow. Oh, but let God give you the revelation that as long as I'm walking with you and as long as I'm going with you, Esau can't hurt you. Esau can't harm you. But you're going to have to walk different. You're going to have to walk as a changed man. Hallelujah. Psalms 30 verse 5 says, For his anger endureth but a moment, and his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Now, most of the time when we read this verse, we just skip right over the first half and talk about weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. But there are times that our actions set us at odd with God and God can be angry with us but the good thing about the anger of God that it endures but a moment and in his favor is life God I know I may have done some things to displease you but God please don't be angry with me let me find favor let me find favor for in his favor is life Come on, can anybody feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost in this house right now? It's been a long night, Lord. But I'm holding on to the promise that says joy cometh in the morning. Oh, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Come on, I'm wondering right now all across this house, would you begin to talk to him? Would you begin to reach out to him with all your heart? Come on, I've come to tell you with the sunrise comes a new day. With the sunrise comes a new day. You've endured the darkness. You've endured the night. 
Now it's time to let the sun shine in your life again. Now it's time to let the light reveal there's been a change in me, in my struggle, in my wrestling, in my warring. God has made the difference in my life. This altar is open this morning. If you're here today and you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, today would be a good day to be filled with the Holy Ghost. If you're here this morning and you've made some vows to God that, that maybe you haven't kept, God's not here to condemn you. I'm not here to condemn you. But God's here to call you back to those things. I said God's here to call you back to those things. Hey, it's a new year. It's a new day. And there's a lot of thinking going on in our minds about what can I do to improve and what can I do to be a better person. We, we all do it. So here in the house of the Lord this morning, you ought to search your spirit. You ought to search your heart and say, God, today's a new day for me. I'm going to let the sun shine. I've been doing a lot of weeping. I've been doing a lot of crying. But God, let there be some joy in my spirit. God, search my heart. God, shine your spotlight on me today. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. God, make me new. God, make me new. Your name's no more Jacob, but your name's Israel. For as a prince, as a prince, you've got Come on, you ought to pour it all out on the altar this morning. You ought to search your soul this morning. God, take me back to that first trip to the altar I made when I made you a vow that said, God, wherever you call me, I'll go. Wherever you lead me, I'll follow. God, bring me back to that dedication. Bring me back to that sacrifice uh, where I used to push the plate back uh, one day a week or two days a week. Or, or I, used to, I used to pray an hour or two hours or 30 minutes a day uh, wherever you were at, uh, whatever vow you made, whatever commitments you made. Uh, God, take me back there. God, I've come too far. It's been a long fight. It's been a long struggle. Oh, but when I face the new day, let it be with a new determination. Let it be with a new walk. Let it be with a new talk. It says, God is my fortress. God is my keeper. And I'm going to keep my word to him. I'm going to keep my promise to him. Come on, there ought to be some young men in this house today that say, God, I, I make a commitment to you. I give my life to you. There ought to be some young ladies in this house today that say, Lord, I make a commitment to you. God, I give my life to you. There ought to be some older folks, some married couples in this house that say, Lord, we submit ourselves to you. Do what you want to do in us. God, make us what you want us to be, Lord. We submit to you. Come on, there ought to be men and women of all ages that say, God, take me back to that place. Take me back to that moment. 
maybe I've picked up some weights over the years. Maybe I've accumulated some things in my mind that ought not to be there. As Pastor Moore already talked about this morning, maybe there's some things in my subconsciousness all that are trying to come back alive, that are trying to haunt me, God. Help me to lay them down on the altar. Help me to purge and be purged of those things that would try to hinder me.
received you. to the veil of your own flesh. Come on, would you press to the veil of your own understanding? Sign every sin. Received you, 
say it with a say. Take me back. Take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first received you. Take me back, any doubt in my heart this morning we've heard the word the word that we need to, to hear today after 20 years Jacob had a voice to speak to him it's time to go back we just sung the song for him to take us back one or two things that's going to happen this year in your, our lives. We're either going to drift back to some of the old ways. Or we're going to purpose in our hearts that when that sun, the S-O-N, rises up in our lives and we begin to see that radiance and feel that warmth, we're going to be willing to take on the struggles 
We're going to be willing to go through the valleys and climb the mountains and face, possibly face situations that's been there even 20 years. But it's always been an anchor. It's always been as a weapon. It's always been as an avenue of the enemy to kinder and to stop the true blessings and the fulfillment of the purpose of God in our lives. But this year, you're going to have to make up in your mind. I'm not drifting, drifting back to those old things and old ways. But I'm going, to, I'm going to seek until I hear the voice. And I'm going to be looking. Every day I get up, I'm going to be looking for that radiance of that light of the sun. And when the day that I have to face that enemy face to face, amen, and I have to cross that river, by the help of God, I'm going to see a change. Because it's going to be a new day. It's going to be a new fight. It's going to be a new battle. Because I got my mind made up. And I'm going to face the struggles, not by myself, but out of obedience of the author and finisher of my faith. The one that's got the intent. Amen for me to be saved and win this battle. Something I'm not gonna fight this battle in 24. I'm gonna conquer it. I'm gonna put it under my feet and I'm gonna cut the giant's head off in 23. And this giant, my babies won't have to fight. And this giant, my grandbabies is not gonna have to fight because I'm gonna conquer him. In 23, I'm going to be willing to take on the struggle. And I'm going to be willing to separate, put things in position in places they got to be. And that enemy could be a brother. That obstacle could be someone that's real close. been something that's been there a long time but I'm going to face it this year if you remember last night I mentioned out of Proverbs scripture talks about a friend that can get really face to face and like a mirror to be honest to be honest it's those that's willing to receive instructions Correction. And no one's exempt. No one, including myself. The chastening of the Lord. You're the ones that don't receive his chastening. You know what they consider it as? That word's in your Bible. It's a horrible word. It means illegitimate. That means you're not his. But his, he corrects. He makes the adjustments. I'm telling you, there's a call upon this church, upon this body of believers, for let the genuine powers of God. I'm going to preach it sometime in the near future. Something I feel God prompt me. This is also out of Proverbs. The old landmarks. The old landmarks. I thank God for some of the new and things of that nature. But I'm going to tell you something. We'll never get to the place so far that we can't see the old landmarks and expect to make it. Expect to make it. It doesn't matter how severe the storm is, Brother Brennick, if I can just see an old landmark. Man, all my senses and all my geographical location, where I'm at. Man, I just found something I'm familiar with. I'm all right now. I know where I'm at. I know how to make it from here. 
Give us some of them old landmarks, God. Old-fashioned moves of God. And some of those old-fashioned moves of God may bring some Aquilas and Priscilla's. I mentioned this. God's long-suffering. He's merciful. And he can correct us. But if we reject it and refuse it time and time and time again, Proverbs warns us, sudden destruction out of nowhere. We serve a God that loves us here today. And he wants to give us the souls of this community and the souls that's in this house. Let's seek after him. Thank you, Brother Ralph, for obeying the Lord this morning, preaching the word of God to us. We want to have power with God and man, not just with man. We're not in this just to impress men and have the, the, the you know, patting the backs of men. That's, that's your reward. No, we want the blessings of God, the favor of God upon it, don't we? Upon our lives. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. You can consider yourself dismissed. The Lord be back tonight. 5.30 prayer time, 6 o'clock service time. Come be with us. Join with us worshiping God. Amen. Remember some of the resolutions we mentioned last night. Put it in your heart. Let's come and be a part of it. God bless you.